The HBO show The Wire follows the Baltimore Police Department as they investigate organized criminal activity. And today on The Right Perspective, we are going to recap and discuss the fourth season of the show, which premiered in September of 2006. And we will determine if this show is indeed a classic from <laughs> The Right Perspective. Each episode, we pick a voting symbol that is relevant for the show or movie that we're talking about. And so today, for the fourth season of The Wire, we will rate this show by giving it one, two, or well, Janai, three. Janai, we didn't even introduce ourselves. I always do this part first, and then we do the introductions, bro. This is the All opening. Right. Okay. I, I, know why you, I, I know why you stole my thunder there, bro. Sorry. It's because you don't. That's, that's that old man brain coming in. <laughs> I guess. I'm going to check the records. I think you might be wrong. I'm checking the records. <laughs> I'm, I'm flowing with it. Well, well I got to tell you, I don't think my voting symbol that I was going to propose is very good. So you, you probably. I think, I think you two, should one, still one, do it. Still do it. One, two, or three. One, one two, two, or three textbooks. <laughs> Wait, Janiyah. Because it's about the that education was... system. Janiyah, I legit have that as my idea. It was sexual. Really? <laughs> <laughs> and then I started thinking about it being that exam that all of them had to do. <laughs> no, my first idea was standardized tests. And I was like, that's yeah. not I'm not going to say that one. That was the same thing I thought, too. Oh, oh man, gosh. These ideas are so bad. So oh, oh, bro, what do you have is the question. No, I, you, you said textbook was one. And what was I the had, other one? I had backpacks. Standardized tests. I also had backpacks. Oh, that's a good one. That was one I had. Uh, those were, that was it. That was it. I believe it needs to be the ring. The ring. Oh, the ring um, that the just ring, traveled. The ring that traveled through season four. <laughs> it traveled so much, I could not remember its initiation. Origins. I said, I was, I was like, where did oh, Would you like me to take from? you through the path of the ring? <laughs> I remember the ring. Let's where, would do you the, like, let's would you do like the summary. Let's do the summary. Okay. And then let's start off with that ring. And then oh, if you, if you want, I got it. I got it. If you want me to give it to you, I got it. So just let me know. We gonna get that, <laughs> bro. It's the ring. It's, it's the good. Ring. It's good. That's it. It's good. Yes. That's it. It was power traveling. Oh yes, that's it. Hey, oh. <laughs> hey, I told I told you last. I told you last. I told you last time. I got it. You did. I got it. You did. You did. <laughs> well, let's do the recap real quick, and mm -hmm. um, and then we're gonna get into it. You know, do we need we need to introduce ourselves. And that's first? yep. We should <laughs> see. Aubrey broke the flow. I just want y'all to know that. <laughs> you, you, it's Aubrey's fault. You're kidding. You're kidding. Listen, as the oldest, you bear the brunt of everything. So you're welcome. <laughs> First Keep is, your sass to a minimum. First uh, okay. is the worst. Oh, worst. First is the worst. Oh, my gosh. Brittany, we're usually united against the middle <laughs> child. 
I don't know what's going on tonight. Listen. <laughs> we're, we're usually a, a united force oh my gosh. against the evil of the middle child. Me and Janai, our lips are popping, so we got to oh, stick together. Man. This is ridiculous. Hashtag right, lipstick alliance. Well, uh, <laughs> well, listen, my name is Aubrey, and I'm the oldest. I'm Janiyah, and I'm the middle. Hashtag rise above. <laughs> and I am Brittany. I am the youngest. And we are the right a perspective. <laughs> okay, so that was wow. maybe we won't do that again. That wasn't good. Okay. That hey, was so been awesome. Been I awesome. really do feel as though like it should be the right perspective zooms into the center of the screen. <laughs> the right perspective. Brittany, don't challenge me. Don't challenge me because you know okay. you're pretty good it's with already editing. Been I know. Well, she, she'll, be, she'll be over there trying to figure it out during the podcast. I, so just I let's will. just keep it's it going I will. <laughs> and so as as we mentioned earlier. The show The Wire follows the Baltimore Police Department as they investigate organized criminal activity. They're the through line. And in season one, the show focused on the local drug trade. In season two, we got a little bit further up the supply chain and we got a peek into the international criminal activity and we were um, at the Baltimore docks. In season three, we were looking at politics. Oh, man, corruption. Okay. Okay. And in season that four, one more time. I call Rob Shine. That's okay? corrupt. That's corrupt right there. Yeah. And in season four, this season, the show focused on the education system in Baltimore. And the system, the system is struggling, folks. Okay. And they give us a really, really comprehensive view. Um, you know, we get a chance to start with the administrators, the school administrators. We get to see them navigating funding and political pressures, fears about public perception, and of course, student retention and learning, teacher support and performance. And we learn about all of the really unfortunate ways that the school system has devised to measure attendance and progress. And it has nothing to do with actual attendance or progress. And we it's also so get a ch- it's it's so sad. And we also get a chance to see the teachers in the schools. They are using tactics that frankly can only be qualified as survival tactics. You know, mm-hmm. it's like you their passion is there and their commitment is there, but your commitment to children can only go so far. You need tools. You need supplies. You need room to innovate. You need room to tailor learning to meet the children where they are and guess what? That's the list of things the teachers don't have, okay? And they're giving each other pep talks, all right? And the more seasoned teachers, they're trying to school the new teachers, but it's like with this, this, this apathy. It's almost like this, like, success isn't even possible. Do the best you can, you know? And it's just, it is just heartbreaking. And part of the reason it is so heartbreaking is because we also get to see, um, you know, the students fall victim to all of this brokenness and all of this failing mm, of the system. Mm. 
You know, the school, because so of the nature of the community, the, and we spend our time in this season really focused on one school, we get a peek into the broader system. And so, you know, it's, it's, it's indicative of what's happening in the schools. In this particular school, the children that are routed into this school, they need the school to be so much more than a place of learning. They need it to be a place where they can get food, get counseling, get socialization skills, or just to have some kind of structure and safety. And we learn about all of the violence and desperation that many of the children experience outside of school. And of course, they bring all of that trauma in the door with them. And the show this season, it introduced us to four young men that we'll talk about later. We followed them throughout the season, Dookie, Randy, Michael, Naaman. Their circumstances vary, but they're all, uh, they're not great. We're talking about um, drug addicted parents, sexual abuse. You know, um, we are watching foster care experiences, some positive, some not. Okay. And of course, the kids in this school and in this community are constantly experiencing and living near and being drawn into the drug trade. And they're drawn into it as a source of income, a source of community, uh, maybe even a source of recreation. And more than anything, they're drawn into it almost as an inevitability. And that's what breaks your heart because you're watching children that in one and any other circumstance would have many more options on the table and, and absolutely be picking a different path. And of course, the drug game continues to thrive in Baltimore. And mm -hmm. frankly, the drug dealers, they are leveraging better and better business strategies. You know, many of the larger drug RIP Stringer, RIP. <laughs> His legacy is intact. His legacy. <laughs> many of the larger drug organizations, they banded together to maximize their profits and efficiency. You know, and the others, some are independent, but of course the violence continues, you know, and frankly, they're even getting better at violence, okay, because they're getting better at hiding it. There is one drug organization ah. that we focus on quite a bit this season, led by a man named Marlo, and his team has taken to hiding bodies in the many, many, many vacant properties in the distressed neighborhoods of Baltimore. And the police are looking for the bodies. Of course, eventually the police, mostly our recurring characters that we've been hanging out with since the first season. The Avengers. The <laughs> Avengers, as Brittany calls them. Eventually, they figure this out, that the bodies are, are being hidden, but that people are still dying. And it's incredibly problematic. And it's not only problematic because uh, people are dying, dozens and dozens of people, mostly black men, it's also problematic because it's election, election season. And the politicians are using these tragedies of the community as political tactics. And they're just parlaying them and, and not at all necessarily looking for solutions. Uh, they're looking for talking points about the solutions. And it just, it is just heartbreaking. And so that is a, a, a summary high level of season four. And, so good. and it and, was it, it was a fantastic summary. Oh yes. Let me let me just let you know. Thank you, bro. Thank you, bro. Thank you, sis. <laughs> this this was hard because I felt like I was um making notes of the most depressing tale ever written. 
Yeah, now and, well, and- well, I, <laughs> I gotta tell you, it's um, I realize that even there's no way we'll be able to really grasp yeah. all of this in an you hour. Cannot. So all we can hope to do is just talk to some of the points. Touch on it. I love them. I'm just letting you know to really grasp what's going on. You got to watch the series and, and, and definitely importantly this season. Mm-hmm. And um, right off the bat, I wanted to ask you guys, well, first of all, do you, did you want me to run through the ring or I think not? you must. I think you need because, bro, you, you, you've teed it up, number one. But number two. Teed it up. You teed it up. But number two, it's also a wonderful it te- it analogy for what is actually happening. Hmm. And that is that is power hmm. being shuffled around. Shuffled around. Hello. Through through violence and, and pain. Hello. Hello. Well, Do it, bro. Do it. The the ring uh and uh while I'm doing this, can you look up the officer's name that was messing with the kids? Could you look that up real quick while we're talking? Because yeah. you would sure like to slap him around. I'm sure. I'll, I'm sure you'll have the name by the time I get to his, his Definitely. name. Definitely. Okay. So anyway, the 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 path or the journey of the ring. Okay. Now the, we're first introduced to the ring when Old Face um, Andre is talking to Marlo about a package he lost to Omar, right? And Omar, as we know from the early seasons, is the stick-up kid, the most one of the most feared men in Baltimore, right? So when Old Face Andre got robbed, he was basically going to Marlowe to try to get some leniency because it's Omar. And of course, Marlowe being a bloodthirsty kingpin, he was not moved. And so, so bloodthirsty. he let him know that, yes, you need to continue to pay what you owe, regardless of what happened in, after you got it. So you still need to pay. But not only that, as a de facto interest payment, he took old face Andre's ring. And what? it looks like the ring is... Oh, we got to call that man old face Andre. Old face Andre kind of had old face. <laughs> He probably had it for a long time. He kind of had old face. <laughs> you, only get, you only get the nickname old face if you had it since you should have had a young face. Exactly. Exactly. Oh. So, who know, old face might be 25 years old. You don't exactly. know. He's, he's old face. So, then Marlo has the ring. Now, the funny thing is, Marlo is now has the ring and he's wearing it at a card game. And who comes to rob the card game but Omar? And it's very Omar. interesting. Love him and because hate him. Omar is the Love reason him hate him. why he had the ring in the first place. There you go. Because Omar robbed Old Face Andre, which made him talk to Marlo. And now Omar wow. not only robs the entire game, so good. but he also takes the ring that he was responsible for for getting to Marlo in the first place. So now Omar has the ring. Now, as Omar uh, is walking around now wearing the ring, 
Because, see, the thing about Omar robbing, it's not just about the money. It's about mm. taking and the, from yeah. people who are not supposed to be robbed. Mm. And so the fact that he has this ring that he stole off of Marlo is a big trophy for him. Mm-hmm. And but, it's really just for him. He doesn't. He's not wearing the ring to flash it around. Don't need that it's ring. Just for him. No, it's just for him. It's just for him. It's just for not him. walking outside in silk pajamas. No. <laughs> we put a pin in that one put, put a pin, a pin in, in it put a pin in that circling one. back all right yeah, we're we're going to circle back yeah, I feel like i'm back in corporate we're going to go ahead and put a pin in that mm-hmm. put it in the back. parking lot exactly. we'll circle back um so, <laughs> all right so now omar has the ring and the officer his name is eddie uh, walker officer walker officer walker you're so awesome oh. tonight. yes so uh, corrupt Wonder siblings' powers activate. All right. So anyway, so Officer That's how Walker, they activate. Officer Walker. And my superpower is note-taking. That's what I was leveraging this, the superpower of, of note-taking. Well, that's one of your many. Okay. All right. So <laughs> as, in, as in derailing the story. That I'm sorry. Telling. You're right. Okay. All right. So now Officer Walker comes up on Omar. And the reason why Officer Walker comes up on Omar is because in order to catch Omar, who's been robbing the Marlowe Stanfield organization, they decided not to do any of the traditional means that were so unsuccessful for the Barksdales. So they're going to do something out of the box. And what they decided to do, Old Face Andre runs his package out of a store. So they actually had Chris Partlow murder uh innocent woman who was just delivering groceries to old face andre's store um he murders her and makes old face andre uh identify omar as the killer so now basically they have the whole city of police looking for omar so officer walker sees omar identifies him coming out of a store and when officer walker is crooked and when he uh, when he arrests Omar, he pulls off the ring and takes it, to which this offends Omar on a very deep level because Omar is all about the rules. And it's like, I'm a crook. This is what I do. I rob people. You're a cop. You're supposed to stop people like me. But yes, he actually You're joining took, in. He took the ring. So now Officer Walker has the ring. Mm-hmm. And um, now that Officer Walker has the ring, Officer Walker is crooked and he's cruel. Oh, and he's awful. very cruel. He's, he's the worst. He's, he's the literally worst. the worst. He's he's very cruel. He's to... cute, but he is the worst. Hashtag priorities. All right. So anyway, so Officer Walker <laughs> um, harasses these young kids, which they are juvenile delinquents. But harass is an understatement. Harass is an understatement. We'll, he we'll is really, hey, really, hold really. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Being a butthead. Pin in that one. Pin, come back to that one. Pin in that one. Okay. <laughs> but yes, he is, as my sister said, a butthead. So Big time. Um, with him being such a butthead, he does things like, <laughs> basically, one of the kids got caught, st- almost got caught stealing a car, but he ran. Officer Walker <laughs> caught up with him and actually broke his fingers instead of turning him in. And so that's the example of how he is. 
And so they decide it's time to get back to him, back at him. And so what they do is they orchestrate a plan where they key his car in front of a club they know he goes to, which makes him chase them into an alley. And then Michael pulls out a gun, stops him, and they pour yellow paint all over him. So he, he his car was keyed and over his nice fancy outfit, he got yellow paint now. Now, Michael, who's becoming increasingly hard, hard, decides we watch, that we watch his youth, his innocence just, just evaporate right down. That's the another pin, another pin, another pin, and mm. he, in fact, uh, uh, robs Officer Walker and takes the ring, and then wears it in a necklace around his neck, so that he Officer Walker won't catch him with it, so they won't know. They all have masks on, so he, he doesn't want to know. And then the ring ends up there in Michael's possession. But the funny thing is, is at the end of the season, Marlo, who is uh, uh, Michael's new boss, comes to check on him, and he sees the ring. And it's so funny because the last Marlo saw of it was It was it, on his finger. It was on his finger until it got taken by Omar. The Omar. And... Uh, after, so he's like, where did you get that? He's like, I took it from somebody. And he was, he was like, you want it? Because he doesn't understand the history. of the, All he knows, he took it off of uh, Officer Walker. And so I just thought that was such a fascinating story because it shows how the power just bounces back and forth through all these factions and nobody ever really has it. And that's what I just... It, it was just a great symbolic. Mm -hmm. um, uh, it was a great symbol for the journey of this uh, 100%, 100%. While you have it, while you have it, all you're doing is fighting to keep it. But it. It, it wasn't yours to begin with. It doesn't belong to you. And you're going to lose it. You're going to lose it. Oh, so when so when we let me uh, let me ask you guys this when we talked about season four right from the beginning, I told you this one was going to be the hard one. This one mm -hmm. was going to be the tough one. Mm -hmm. So uh, let me ask you flat out: Did you was I right? Did you feel the way I felt when I went through this journey of season four? Well, I will say that. I, every season has been a hard season. <laughs> Got that right. <laughs> I, I'm not looking at any of these okay, seasons like, oh, season okay. two was just too much. <laughs> I'm like seasons one through four, four, two, are, two, four. Two, are too much. Okay? They're all too much. Got you. They're Got you. all too so, much. So it wasn't any more too much than the other too much. I think that it was more of a reflection that I was doing because I, you know, I don't know about the two of you, but I just started thinking about people I knew in school growing up. People that I knew that used to come to school, maybe had the same clothes on, um, maybe smelled, you know, a little, they didn't smell very clean. You know, I just remember those things. And as a kid, most kids are teasing and things like that. I've always been a little more heartfelt, but most kids are teasing and things like that. But I didn't never think about I never thought about that this person may have uh, someone at home that is on drugs and stealing their clothes. Mm -hmm. You know, they may not know that they need how to, they don't have any water running in the house to take a bath. Mm -hmm. You know, I just, 
and these were things that as a kid you're not thinking of so it was just really like wow how many people have i known that have had this story and they're at school and they're basically doing the best they can mm-hmm. they're doing the best they can so and the I, big season was really reflection in that way you know for me and it's so funny because it's 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 this it's this season but it's also just the state of the world right now there's so many things that are happening right now that are just reminding me about how much greed and hate are the driving forces for everything oh, and that so much. to the extent that people thrive and in particular people of color it is in overcoming that that there is always a starting point that is somewhere being oppressed by by greed and hate and so that's what i felt while i was watching it i just felt damn it's like you it's it's just a setup for failure from the very beginning you know so the heartbreak was real and bro i think for me it it was heavier than the other seasons Mm -hmm. and it was heavier because it is little boys it's It's little boys the kids are are present in every season because they are the drug runners you know they're the hoppers Mm -hmm. but at the end of the day we hadn't seen we hadn't looked deeply into their stories right so we we felt bad but now we got to understand the larger tragedy and just sit in the implications Right. Uh, so, yeah, bro, for me, this was the heaviest season. Yeah, and I it mean, makes more sense about Michael Michael B. Jordan's character um, in season one. Just that you see why he was raising those babies. They didn't have uh, anyone yeah, else. It's, oh, man, it's, it's such a good point. Of, and I think that makes really great TV when you can uh, make a story compelling even in season one, but then. Like you're saying, we get to season four and it's even deeper. Yeah. And I think that we could just go through the, the some of these stories uh, Let's do and, it. And, and talk about how well they were written. You know, when you look at these yeah. kids, I think that all of them have the equally compelling story. You know, uh, I guess first we can talk about Randy. And the reason why we could talk about Randy is because his story spidered out to a lot of things that were happening in the rest of the season because Randy is one of these young kids who uh, one of the boys on the corner got him involved in a murder unbeknownst to Randy and because of this Uh. Randy when he found himself backed into a corner getting in trouble based on something he did now he's using the murder as a way to be able to get himself out of trouble. But obviously we all know once that cat is out the bag, it's out the bag. So when he reported it to his, uh, you know, teachers or principal, they had to get involved and it spread out to the police. It spread out to the the streets and, and the community. And the crazy thing about it is, is that we saw all this impact and it showed such an interesting character because Randy was snitching. He was telling on somebody literally just to save his self, but he's a kid. And, and, you, and, you, and he's just a kid. And what makes Randy also a really interesting story is that if he had not been dragged into things unknowingly, 
and 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 his participation in certain things it was so minimal you right. know but exactly. if, if he had not been dragged in unknowingly frankly randy is one of the ones that might have made it all the way through this absolutely, absolutely. without getting involved in he drugs had he had great, he had man. a strong foster home that he was staying in he was he had stability he yep. had he was able to kind of um you know uh, lean into his entrepreneurial instincts he's like <laughs> buying candy wholesale doubling the price selling it to his classmates really running his hustle so being super thoughtful about it and he was able to engage with friends that were engaging in the drug trade and but be on the periphery and if he had not been dragged in by again it wasn't even his own doing it wasn't even intention he he probably would have made it all the way through um he he really truly wasn't he wasn't on the verge i think of making some of those decisions about becoming a well, well, he he had a plan totally. he, you know he said i want to have my own store like he was already focused mm -hmm. on that mm -hmm. from the beginning and then when we get to the end of his story where not only his as now, since he's been labeled a snitch because he put this information out there, it's not, it affected him, you know, physically. He got accosted a few times, but not only that, his, his uh, uh, foster parent was oh. injured in a fire, oh. which be, that was set as a result of him snitching. And now, since she's in critical condition in the hospital, he now goes back to the bottom of the list to get into another foster home, which means he has to go to a group home, which is really worse than jail in a lot of ways when you're thinking about it in the context of being a small child there. In a circumstance where everybody thinks you're a snitch. And I'm telling you all, two of the best scenes came from Randy. The one where Officer Carver said to him, that one last time, we're going to look out for you. Like the police have been saying the whole time. And they've never looked out for him so far. And this was when he was in the hospital with his foster mother. And Officer Carver's like, I'm so sorry. We're, you know, we're going to look out for you. Randy doesn't say anything. And then Officer Walker is, I mean, Officer Carver's walking away. He's like, oh, you're going to look out for me? You're going to look out for me? You gonna look out for me? And he can, he oh, that. yeah, yeah. It's, Man. It's, 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 there's so many powerful scenes related to him. And, and the, um, the other one just was when Carver was in the car after he dropped him off, and he just realized how helpless he was. Mm -hmm. And he was just when he dropped him off at the group home, and there was just nothing he could do. And he just was. I mean, he, and he and the one part I liked is when he pushed away the uh, rearview mirror. Like he can't even look at himself, you can't know. Look at himself. Mm. Mm. And you know, and 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 bro, as you're talking about Randy's story, it is certainly tragic. Tragic. And what makes it so tragic, as we said, is that he he might have had a different path. There's another one of the little mm. boys that might have had a different path. And I want to just let you all know, I'm being intentional about calling them little boys. Mm. You know, gotcha. we are so because they are. We're so quick to even just say in a way like, oh, look at that young man. Um, and you know what? Why are, we, why are we working so hard to make little boys grow up? 
you know, and here we are in this Listen. circumstance where they have no choice. So I just wanted to name that. I'm being intentional about naming these are little gotcha. boys. Because think about you. What, think of, I'm thinking about how, what, what did I know in the little eighth twins, grade about teeny like, boppers. these are children, they're little babies, okay? And so one of the little babies is Dookie. And he is one. Um, and sis, you know, you were talking about, you know, just reflecting on kids that we grew up with that were obviously outwardly showing the circumstances of, you sure. know, uh, you know, what is clearly poverty, right? Yes. And we got a, we got a look at Dookie's life. His, his, his story is that he had drug addicted parents that took yeah. things from him. He couldn't be clean. He couldn't have food because whatever he had, even as the school and the community were trying to feed him, trying yep. to clothe him, his drug addicted family would take from him. Yeah. And we all and we found him um, becoming close with a, a specific teacher. And in this case, it was actually Presbaluski, the uh, cop that, you know, again, didn't li live in the consequences he should have. Um, but is now a teacher in the public school That's system. That's a thing. And he and he has really taken Dookie under his wing. And he's mm -hmm. and Dookie is he's looking cleaner than he's ever looked. He's looking better nourished. Um, and because of um, rules that keep children moving through the system, regardless of their actual academic merit, um, regardless of their their readiness from a socialization perspective to move. Dookie was forced into high school out of eighth grade sooner than he Social was ready promotion. to go. Social promotion. And so he ends up feeling so nervous about going into high school and going back to that experience of not having anyone to take care of him. He was so scared about that, that rather than even trying, rather than even trying high school, even though he was clearly academically gifted, rather than trying high school, he just went to the streets. He didn't even go. He didn't even go. So now we have a bright young man, a bright young man that literally gave up at the age of 13, gave up on education. Not that education would have done right by him anyway. Hello. But he gave up at the age of 13. So and what you're talking... I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I'm just saying what you're talking about right there shows one of the best parts, I think, of shooting in this series because you just went on a whole explanation, but they did that with just showing him walk up to the school and just look at it and just walk away. You know, but but it was just in we that knew show, we knew the characters so well. We knew the characters so well so that wow. we we could we could recite their inner dialogue out loud, just that like you just did. Me. You could name it can name it, it was and I, so I will well say just as a to this point about Presbaluski uh being now an, a teacher an educator um something about that frustrated me mm. because I was I think about so often how we have teachers who are not actually just wanting to be a teacher mm. this is not something they have desired to do. I remember mm -hmm. myself when I was looking for a job at one point, they were like, oh, Brittany, you can be a substitute teacher for some time. And 
I'm a business major. I have two mm. business degrees. I've worked in corporate America. Like I've not, I've, I've not had any training other than maybe, you know, dealing with church things, dealing with children. And so it, it was something I did not do. Now, I'm not saying you can't find a passion. You can't, you know, I am not saying that. But what I am saying is that it really speaks to the fact that we will throw someone in to uh, education because we just need someone there. We need a warm body. Yep. And the fact when Prez Belusky started, his certification wasn't even done. He wasn't even technically ready to be a teacher. And so, but the need is great, right? For it to have educators there because there's so many children, but then the quality, the quality of this, the situation, um, that is really, that, that really just, it, it made me quite frankly, it made me upset. Because, and because children are even at more of a disadvantage. Um, because of, because of, be. <clears throat> yeah, we're, we're don't trying to do better at cutting each other off people but we're, we're this is a very emotional uh and we're, al- and we're also trying but, to talk sh- in shorter we're trying to talk mm, less and it's yeah, so we're, hard we're talk, we're talk, because there's because, so much to say but i'm saying yeah, be, topic because so the, the, because the thing about uh this whole line with, with preswell is that him being a teacher now coming from the baltimore city police department there's a lot of reasons to be frustrated and it's like first of all we're frustrated because of all the things he did he really got off easier than a lot of people would have just because of how he was positioned in terms of the nepotism um but beyond that seeing that he was just going to this he was on the search to find something more meaningful. So I could see that. But the fact that he was able to do it so easily is sad. Just like Brittany said, because it's like, you're not prepared to go in here. This is war up in here. And you need training or something or, or some type of something to prepare you to not think these kids are just going to sit at the desks with their names on it. And like, you do need, what you, you ask need, You need to, to know that. You need to know how to deal with that. But the other side of it is they can't even attract the real talent because it goes to the politics. And now this, the salaries aren't, you know, so just, Trash. so just being able to show all of that in one continuous mm-hmm. storyline. I mean, I just thought that was amazing, amazing. It was beautifully done. Writing. It was beautifully done. It was beautifully done. And <laughs> I love the way that they use the press balloons character who they, who they the children affectionately called Mr. Presbo. Right. Oh. <laughs> I love the way that they because that's so real. You know that's what the it's kids real. would actually do. That's, right. that's, that's why right. I love yep. that. You yep. know. And so we got to see through his character, we got to see um I would say pretty much the full teacher spectrum. You know, he was there as the newbie. He walks in thinking he's about to have a certain kind of discipline in the room. And we get to see the most seasoned teachers all the way at the other end of the spectrum that are are saying things like, you need to have soft eyes. And what do they mean by that? (laughs) They're saying, have soft eyes, focus on the big picture. Don't worry too much about 
crossing every T, dotting every I, just get the word spelled. Can I, okay, can get I, the can, gist. Can I interject in there one second? Because that, which you just talked about, one of my favorite parts, because they, they mentioned the, they mentioned soft eyes. One of the senior teachers was talking to Presbo, but she said, you need to have soft eyes. And they just let it go there. And then like episodes later, you heard that same term come up when Kima was investigating a murder scene. And that's when they uh. explain that's when Bunk explained what soft eyes is. And I just thought that was great writing because it's like you're bringing in this. We all kind of understand what it meant when, when she said it. But it was like to bring that throwback that look, the same skill sets you need to work in certain parts of this city and this ecosystem of Baltimore, you need that anywhere in order to be able to uh, tackle this city. But you and you know, that. and bro, it's so interesting that you use the word skill set. And it is a skill set, but it's the saddest skill set there could be. Because what it actually is, is we're watching people who are in the rookie phase of something have hope. And you're watching the people who are more experienced say, <sighs> let it go oh tragic which so, shout out to the teachers because they absolutely use some actual baltimore city teachers which was funny because i was saying to aubrey and janiah like some of these teachers aren't really acting that well and i was like are they real teachers and aubrey was like yeah there's some of them were so i just appreciate um them bringing in that real again bringing in that real element of both. It was very real. Mm-hmm. It was mm-hmm. so real. Very real. And you know what? I think um, a one the the one child that we can talk about, and we talked about him a little bit already, that I think could help us kind of segue a little bit more into digging into what was happening with uh, Marlowe and, and some of the uh, local uh, drug activity is the story of Michael. You know? And um, <sighs> I know. Sis, what made you sigh? <laughs> what made you sigh you about know, Michael? Michael just wanted to go to school and protect his little brother. Oh, that's all he wanted to do, Brittany. That's all he wanted that's to all do. He wanted, he to, wanted do. to go to school, protect his little brother, and make sure that he was fed and make sure that he had food. And that was it. That was but it. his mother. Did you hear that? She, he wanted to make sure she, he was fed and he had food. <laughs> exactly. I know I'm talking about the younger one. But guess what? But, no, but Britt, that didn't sound funny to me because the mother who was drug addicted kept stealing the food out of the house. Yes. So it was two separate battles. Okay, you're so right. To you're have right. the food and all just and again wanting to make sure that all you had a meeting. Do you see wanting you to make sure Wanting to, make sure that brother does. Wanting to make sure that Aubrey's incorrect. I want number to one. Me. Did you two have number a meeting? Number one. Number Fine. one. I can see wrong. that. I but can see that point. Was trying oh, go to ahead, play me. I was trying to play me. I can see. Work. Why do you all have to keep dancing think, on it I after think, I said I'm wrong? Why think, do you got to keep sticking it in there? And you know what? I say it one more time. You was wrong. And... 
what were you interrupted you have food where were you where were you going i don't i don't i don't want to i don't want to lose my current alliance with britney when i say this <laughs> but i do want the audience to know that what you're watching it's just like the ring britney's alliance oh is shit. My God. you never know she's a wild card she's a wild card okay Brett, Brett, and Brett. i mean don't listen let's be she's like the ring those two have been against me my whole life. All right, we're getting off topic. But Listen. now I know how to play them. It's <laughs> relevant. It's relevant. It's about power. It's relevant. It's about it's relationships. Now, it's about betrayal. It's about betrayal. As <laughs> Can you please pick up my food, Brittany? I was very much, even though I had to joke that so, one, I, w- I wanted to hear what you were saying. As Jadaya stated, Michael's mother, she was um, on drugs and she would sell the food so she could buy drugs. And you could see Michael wanting to to love his mom and wanting her to be better. <sighs> but she just wasn't. Oh my she God. just what, couldn't. What about when Michael said, uh, when he was walking with, with Randy and Randy was like, man, she got me on a leash, you know, a tight leash. And Michael was like, at least you got a leash. At least you have a leash. <sighs> Michael. Can, can you imagine being a child and, 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 and investigating? And wanting that? And, 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 and pondering, hmm, should I turn myself into the system? Because it might be a better reality for me. You guys, he was literally thinking about turning him and his brother in. Okay, so of course we see Michael. We know he is this this young man who is basically just trying to make it in his circumstances. In doing that, he does sell drugs sometimes. But after he paid off a debt that he had to Bodhi, he was done with it. He didn't want to do anything else with it. He just wanted to go to school and feed and make sure his brother got his homework done and they both would eat. That was it. That was Michael's focus. Um, Michael even started going to the gym that we know. Um, not Cuddy. Smitty. Yeah. Cuddy. 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 And he did, he, that he did Cuddy created. He was doing his homework too. He was doing his homework. Um, Cuddy, he was going to this gym. But you started seeing his interaction with Cuddy whenever Cuddy was trying to be very loving in a way, in a sense, toward him, be a mentor towards him. You could see Michael wanting to trust him, but Michael couldn't trust him, and especially not a man. And you find out later on, it is, they don't say it explicitly, but you do know that he was touched in, in some way by his molested. younger brother's father. He was molested. That's the word I'm looking for. He was molested by his younger brother's father. And they, and and the, and they never really went into it, just like you said. They, they just... never went into it. They never went into it. But you knew that it happened. Because why? Michael was... Now, because Michael of who he is... And he's very strong in his personality. Marlo at one point was going around the neighborhood giving the kids $200, $100 for school, for their school clothes. But really what Michael knew was that means that now you give me something, I'm going to have to do something for you. And as we know, Michael just wants to what? Go to school, take care of his little brother, and eat. That's it. Well, he doesn't take the money. Marlo and Chris and Snoop are like, Marlo and Chris are taking it back. Like, he doesn't want the money. Who is this kid? 
they start to pursue him to be a part of Marlo's organization. And that is where we start to see Michael become more hard. We start to see Michael get a family. Well, well, you got, you got to speak. You got to speak on what happened. Um, well, when, how how Michael? Because when oh, his, you're, you're talking, you're talking about um, how he how got he, in. How he decided to say okay. And no, so how he, what? How? Because that that's an important story. How he got hooked up with the Stanfield. Right, you're talking about Chris and Snoop, right? Yes. That part, absolutely. right, exactly. Because that's, that's, that that's how he got in. Yes. And so what happens is that um, the, his younger brother's father comes home. <sighs> and of course, this is now, this is trauma. And so the, he's like, mom, why did you even let him back in? Now the supposed father is trying to show, he's supposed to be in jail. The father is trying to show that he has become a different person, but we know. Does it fall? Does the apple fall too far from the tree? Like, and so what happens is you see Michael being upset about this, wanting to feverishly protect his little brother, and you see Michael at the end of his rope when he goes to pick up his little brother one evening, like he always does from an after-school program, and his brother is not there, and he has been picked up by his father. When I tell you Michael became a track star that day, he ran home so fast, grabbed up his little brother, and that caused him to now reach out to Chris and Snoop. Mm-hmm. who are, who have been, when I tell you guys, pursuing him, mm-hmm. giving him money in his hand so he can keep it, saying, I know you need something, not, not allowing him to give it back at this time. He goes and seeks out Marlo and Chris and them where they normally are in the park. And basically, he puts a hit out on his younger brother's father. And his younger brother, they, I mean, hit the father, Chris and Snoop, they kill him. However, this is different from what Chris and Snoop do, right? Normally, they take someone in, they shoot them, the person's dead, they wrap them up, they put a little sawdust on top of them, we're done. And they, they use the shotgun, they, they use the uh, nail gun that Snoop purchased for like $800. But in this instance, you then saw more, you saw trauma happening in the hood, a piece of Chris you just didn't know. Chris understood why Michael wanted him gone. And then so Chris said to him when they were about to kill him, you like, look, you like touching little boys. And he was like, what? No, that's, you know, basically trying to reason himself out of it. You guys, Chris beat him up. He beat him to death. He didn't shoot him. Chris beat him to death. And why? Because you knew that resonated with Chris. Well, let let me ask you this. So many levels. I'm curious. Mm -hmm. Because everything that the whole way they constructed that story was subtle, right? Like, because Michael never explicitly said it. And even when he was communicating it to Chris, it was kind of like a, you know, he just looked at him. And I was wondering, I wanted to ask you both this. When we saw the rage that Brittany just described of how Chris beat this dude to death, do you think that Chris may have been molested as as a oh, child? Oh, one hundred percent. That's what I was saying. Oh, yeah, I think that's percent. what they were trying to say. Mm-hmm. What about you, Denai? 
And I also think that there's the innocence as well. I know, and, and this is the, I think the dichotomy when it comes to what they do, they still recognize them that they're children. And so they're, they're upset at someone molesting you as a child, but in the same breath, you're a grown man now, you need to, you're part of the drug deal. You're, you're part of the drug game. You know, so it's, it's, this, it's this weird cross that they have, but I absolutely 100% believe that, that it happened to Chris. You know I what, if, if, if Chris had not, either he had been molested or he had a loved one that had been, mm. um, he, maybe he witnessed it. Um, but I think that the thought of a man violating a child, an adult violating a child is disgusting. So it is disgusting. Ooh. And let's just say I was a and professional murderer. Too often. Let's just say I was a professional murderer. And I might normally be able to go about murders without emotion. <laughs> I could see myself being so disgusted that I would just get emotional because I mean it's just disgusting. It's just so Chris unfortunate. They always tell people, oh, we're going to do it quick. Don't worry. And they shoot him in the head. Because it's business. It's business. This Chris wanted him to feel every piece of that death. He did. Totally. And he did. Yeah. It was was like he was beating his molester. And now after mm -hmm. after that, uh, Michael's story closes up in the season with him committing a murder Mm -hmm. as payment. Because now... Now that he got this organization to do that, he's in now. He's and in. Now, now it's time for him to do the work, and that was just... And can we just look at these two extremes really quickly? Um, it is... Here we have Presbaluski that has killed man and still had every option in the world. Could have done whatever job he wanted to do next. No options were taken from him. Mm-mm. And Michael, a little boy... A little boy who, if, if, because when you're an adult, when you're an adult, you, you, you have to live in your circumstances and in the consequences of your decisions because you know better, but this is a little boy and this little boy had two options. He had three options. Stay with my molester and my drug addicted mother, go to drug dealers for help. Or number three, put me and my brother in the foster care system and possibly get separated. And, possibly get separated. and never see my brother again. Because they don't keep good records. They don't keep good records. And there's no way to because the, 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 the stacks are miles high. There's no way to keep good records. And, you know, and, we, and we, the other part of this is, is that when he gets into this family of the Marlowe, his life is better, right? Marlo sets him up an apartment. Mm-hmm. Now Michael has a, a safe place for his brother. The food is there. You but don't have to worry people. about the food being taken, but he has to murder people. But it's this crazy. is also the other part of it. It's a safe place for Dookie now. Because why? Dookie's family got evicted. And all their stuff was just out on the street. Where's his family? Who knows? Somewhere on the and street. They, and they weren't looking for him either. And they weren't looking, looking for him for either. Him. And we didn't even talk about that because that's how his, his arc ended. And the last one... You have um, three la- children living in an apartment by themselves. I just... 
have to say that. And the last kid I think we really got to talk about is Naaman, of course, because oh and I, I, if I can, I'll speak on Naaman because his story, um, I also felt was it was so good how they all of these boys were in hopeless situations, but they were all in hopeless situations for different reasons, and Naaman was a very special case mm-hmm. because Naaman is Weebay's son. And Weebay, as we know, is one of the hardest gangsters to ever gangster. Mm-hmm. I mean... Weebay is in jail chilling right now. We, we, Weebay is in jail for... <laughs> like a, for, Wearing it like a badge of honor. For, yes. uh, for uh, um, uh, 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 confessing to 22 murders. Or tw- uh, 21 or 22, however many it is. But Weebay ain't never but, getting out of there, y'all. <laughs> yeah, well, Weebay, Weebay's not going out. That, that, but the point is, is that... This is Naaman's, Naaman is Weebay's son. And Naaman is in a circumstance where he's born into drug lord royalty. And everybody, but here's the fun Flip, thing, if you because <laughs> of how, excuse me, his dad is, he never had to deal with the same things coming up that a normal corner boy would because nobody in their right mind is going to touch the family of Weebay, right? You know, so uh, and so now, uh, basically, what happened is he's in school. They're still him and his mom are still living off of the proceeds from the Barksdale organization, but eventually, after a few years, that dries up. His mother put him back on the corner. Mm-hmm. His mother put him on the corner. Like, you have to step up. And I just felt like that was very bold for them to, to show the depths of this because, I mean, that is – when you think about she your mom – She played that character. She, she played, played that, character. that character. It was so – It so was well. so good. And What um, did Tom tell Bay about this? What did Tom tell Bay about this? And I mean, you just you just started to wonder about her life experience. Exactly. You I mean, know, without she, even without even going into it, you could tell that there's probably a whole story that could be the Weebay, um, what's her name, Delonda, I think it was a, a, a story, and and so who, anyway, who rats we who rats we hearts? That's what they were. So, <laughs> So um, Naaman is so bad in school that they, um, Officer Colvin, who who used to be Officer uh, Colvin, is now working in the schools. And he's created uh, with some investors and stuff, a special program. With a university. With a university. university Research university Mm -hmm. to bring out um, the, the most... The, the most disruptive students, which of course Naaman is one, because Naaman is always trying to act out so that he can live up to his family name. You know, he's always acting out, always acting out, always acting out. And so, long story short, through this program, we realized that Naaman is not a gangster. He's just not. He is just not. And there comes a point where he, after he's back on the corner, he has to discipline one of his lieutenants. He couldn't do it. 
he got Michael to do it, and Damon straight up ran away because he just can't be in this world. And so what ends up happening is, is Officer Colvin, Colvin took him into his home, which what I'm saying is, is I love how they started all of these students in the same place, hopelessly, basically. And they're just showing the reality that, you know, sometimes somebody gets lucky and there's no rhyme or reason to it. It's just, which bro, is let even me, let more me, tragic. I want to rephrase one thing you just said. They didn't start out hopelessly. We watched them. Some were able to retain the hope of the future. Yes. One was able to retain the hope of the future. Right. And the others, we watched it. We Ooh, watched, so much. Yes, we watched so it be ripped yes. away. Yes. Yes. We that's exactly it. right. Because at exactly the beginning, right. yes. they all had they all had hope. They yes. all had it. Yes. And 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 only one was able to to make it through retaining it. And it was because there was an intervention. There was something outside of his circumstance that came and not just pointed him in another direction, actually removed him from the context. Yes. You know, and um, and so that's one officer, the retired officer that we saw, um, you know, really, really become a part of this conversation about the education system. You mentioned another one, bro, which is Carver. We watched Carver. Again, he is growing as an officer. He's had some great tutoring. He's he's finally taking feedback that he's received from the more seasoned officers. And he's starting to have a level of investment in the community. But unfortunately, I also think it's because he's away from Herc. (laughs) You know what? I never thought of that. But mm-hmm. you're right. It's, we need something to send the wire. Yeah, you're Herc right. You're is right. Poison. Yeah, yeah. Being away from her. You know, I, it's funny. I never noticed that. But yeah, Awful. being away from her is definitely a good thing. He is so poison. He's the worst. He's the reason the why Randy got beat up and the, the sec. Bernie, that's a whole did, other why thing. Did, we why, can't why did get you, into. Why did you? Why did you? Why did <laughs> I'm you so even, sorry. Why did I you even? Hate I hate Herc. Herc is the absolute worst. You know, I'm sorry. Since please finish your statement. Well, no, you no, know, no, I was. I, I think we had to chill on that for a second mm-hmm. about about how Herc was the worst. I think that was time. Yes. Was All right, go ahead. Go ahead. Because <laughs> he okay. was the worst. He oh, was the absolute well, I, worst. One thing I do want to say to your point, sis, about when we were just talking about seeing the hope take away. We're seeing the hope take away, but what we don't, what I do want to mention is that Michael in his own way, is trying to give hope to his little brother. I think Michael is doing everything he can to protect him, make sure he's going to school, and he's probably going to be one of those ones where his little brother is probably going to grow up and say, I want to do what you're doing. Michael's like, no, I'm doing this so you don't have to. Mm -hmm. You're going to college, and you're going to be different. Mm -hmm. I didn't get an opportunity, but you will, and I'm doing everything in my power to make sure that this happens. And you know what, sis? I'm happy you brought us back to that point because I want to rephrase yet again. We did not, we still have not seen hope lost in these boys. Mm-hmm. And that is because until you are dead, hope still is never sh- lost. Still have you some always hope. have a chance to find it. Janaya, I don't know what happened. Your voice is much lower. You've gotten low. Yeah. 
is this better? I don't know what I've done to ruin everything. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Are, are you are you are you still on your mic on the? Yeah, I didn't change the, audio? the settings. Huh? I'll click out of it and then. Okay, can you hear me now? Okay, it's we better, hear you, but it's, it's louder. It's but very it's different. Muffled. Okay, it's not the, it's not the right. microphone. Now I'm back to the microphone. Perfect. It's oh, that's again. much better. You're you good. know what? It could also be about my internet somehow because my internet okay. is okay. super stable. But All the right. point I wanted to make was we see, we actually can see as we were talking about Carver, what were we talking about? We were talking about someone that frankly was the absolute worst and is now somehow um, becoming, a, a, a becoming a person that we feel has some redemptive value. And we have a case of a person who was WeeBay and has now completely taken a different path in life. And that's Cuddy, right? We get to see what happens. And so I, I, want us, I want us to be really careful because I think part of why the education system is the way it is is because they are ready to write people off. Mm, they are ready absolutely. to say, there's no use in investing there. The, you know, options are few. You know, it's, it's um, you know, there's no, there's no, there's no, there's no redemption there. There's no hope there. And so until you were dead, and let this be a lesson to all of us, until you were dead, hope remains. And so, yeah. all right, we see Michael in a situation right now. He didn't choose. None of them chose this. But I still believe that they could find lives that are fulfilling for them. I believe well, 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 yeah, I mean, because Cuddy is, is the example. Perfect. And, and look, we, we only got a few minutes left, but, and the last story, Janelle, I want you, I want you to speak on this one because you're dramatic. Um, Absolutely, well, I am. Well, you know, Brittany's dramatic too. But, you know, you're both dramatic. But I, I want, Hello. I want Janelle's specific uh, a brand of, of dramaticness to, to talk about Bubble's storyline. Bro, you've come to the right place. <laughs> Listen. You've come to the right place with, with this storyline. I'm going to have to give this one, give this one, you know, really, really. And, and this is one of those uh, things. I, 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 let me just say, we could, Bubbles, the character, could have his own show. Love him. With several love episodes. Him. With several episodes in season Just about him. Just about him because of the complexity of this character. <laughs> we have not, we don't know any of the details. We don't know, uh, the, the, we're not in the weeds of his life. By the time we met Bubbles, he was on the street. He was homeless. Drugs had taken over his life. But we do know that he has never really, really found peace in that lifestyle. Mm -hmm. He's never found peace in that lifestyle. And we have watched him be an informant for the police officers over the last couple of seasons. And in his mind, it's almost like a part-time job, right? Because again, it's like he, he is not fully settling into his life as an addicted person that is homeless. It's always like he's... He's, he's, he's hoping Purpose. for, he's hoping for something to pull him out, to give him a chance to, to somehow redeem him, you know? And so this season we watched him 
with his current hustle, which is he buys a couple some goods wholesale and he sells them. It's whatever the community needs. I think we saw him selling t-shirts. We saw him selling tape. We saw him selling. We saw him selling condoms, candles. It was it was spray paint. People were putting in orders, okay, and he was calling. And he has a little a little sign on his cart that bubbles depot, bubbles depot, bubbles depot. And so, and so you're just watching him struggling against this addiction, you know, and we, and what made him so interesting this season, um, is that he befriended, um, and I'm, I think friend is not even the right way to qualify this relationship. Yeah. He took on what, what, what he really started calling a mentee. I'm, I'm getting hurt just thinking about a it. A mentee or an yeah. intern. And this was a young man that absolutely had been forgotten by the school system. We don't even know who's forgotten are. by the community. We know, as far as we can tell, he's an orphan. We have no sense of his family. And in fact, he latches on to Bubbles. It wasn't that Bubbles recruited him. This was a young man just looking for anyone to take care of him or give him structure. Mm-hmm. Okay. And he latches on to Bubbles and mm. becomes Bubbles' counterpart. And he's now his partner. Um, he gets his own cart eventually with Bubbles Depot. And Bubbles <laughs> is getting to know the young man and realizing that the boy cannot do, and he's got to be a good 14 years old, 14, 15 years old. He cannot do basic math. We're talking about addition and subtraction. Okay? Cannot do it. And it's unfortunate for us because we don't know if it is a learning disorder or if it is exactly. lack of education. We don't know. Just lack the fact of education. He, he literally stopped going to school somewhere around the, I think he was saying like he, he had missed three years of, of academics. Yep. And that was an estimate. They weren't even sure. This, so, so, so bubbles in his drug addicted state is coaching the young man to go and get some education to go and get some education. And you can also see that Bubbles is keeping the boy away from drugs. He doesn't want the boy to do drugs, Mm-mm. right? And he's trying to mentor him. He's trying to coach him. He takes the boy to the school, enrolls <laughs> him in the school. Bubbles put on his good, his good shirt. His good <laughs> shirt. He put on his good shirt. Ironed it up. His good shirt. Ironed it up. Put he ironed it, y'all. He put on his good Braided shirt. back the fro. Listen, most of it didn't get all of it, it, but most (laughs) of it, he 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 did his best. Most of it, Braden, and he went and he enrolled the boy in school. I wish we had more time. Long story short, the the child, he tried. He tried. They wouldn't put him in a grade. They didn't even test him to find out his reading level or his, his, his comprehension, his abilities. They just looked at him, looked at his age and put him in a class. And guess what? Because of everything we've talked about earlier, his instructor was not able to meet him where he was, was not able to support him. And the boy is in the class. Even when we watch him trying, he can't participate. He doesn't know what is going on. It is not a good use of his time. And so he leaves. Bubbles Bubbles says to to the principal when they're putting him in there, like, Bubbles was confused when they were putting him in the grade he was in. And Bubbles said, he said, if he's missed about three years, shouldn't he uh, get, go back to that grade that he's struggling? He can't get up. Bubbles brings him back and tries to get him enrolled in school again. Long story short, Bubbles is not able to, 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 to help this young man matriculate because guess what? The school is not helping. 
All right, Bubbles did his step, which was to get the boy to the school. The school did not rise to the occasion. And so at this point, um, oh gosh, there's so much complexity here. We just can't get oh. into. Long story short, Bubbles, as he is trying to mentor this young man, has found himself in a predicament where he is being attacked. <clears throat> Bubbles, <throat> Bubbles is being attacked. Like there is over a and over again. There is a particular drug addict. Drug addict. I was going to use Britney's word and really get harsh and call him a butthead. Butthead. He's there a was a butthead. butthead. He's a butthead. 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 This butthead. Listen, I might, I might be more harsh than that. He was a jerk. I'm just going to say it. I hate to use the Listen. Whoa. Whoa. Are you this, cursing? This. You cursed. This. All right. Ron, I did get jerk. <laughs> he keeps repeatedly, repeatedly. Knocking over Bubbles' defense. And when I say knocking it over, I mean literally knocking it over. Knocking over. <laughs> stealing the goods, stealing the money. And the whole thing started because Bubbles' mentee um, gave him the wrong change. And then listen, when Bubbles realized the change was wrong, Bubbles was correcting the math and giving the, giving the jerk the money. Listen, it was too late. And now the jerk, you could, you know how some people are just bullies? You know, the jerks, I do got to correct the one thing. Mm -hmm. Bubbles, that, the way that they met the guy is when the, the young man's name is Sherrod. And Sherrod, like Janiya said, had taken to the streets and he was actually selling drugs. So he was selling, it, it, while Bubbles was trying to pull him off the streets. And remember, he was selling drugs and the uh, jerk, the jerk, the uh, did I say it right? Jerk, <laughs> jerk, <laughs> jerk, the jerk, uh, drug, the addict was buying drugs off of That's Sherrod, right. but he was short and, and he you wasn't going to need to know basic math to be a drug dealer. You do. You need the basics. Well, but he, what Sherrod was doing good in that sense, cause he knew he was $4 short. Mm -hmm. So the guy was $4 short. And basically when Bubbles came and started talking to Sherrod, that's when the jerk butthead uh, drug addict attacked Bubbles to get his drugs and his mm -hmm. money. And that's how it started. Thank you for that correction, bro. You guys. And long story I, short, I, <laughs> I know we got to rush. There was the connection, though. Do you remember when Michael B. Jordan's one of the kids was trying to do math work? And Michael B. Jordan was like testing him about how much money for the drugs and the little kid could like put it off, mm -hmm. but they couldn't do the homework. Mm -hmm. This is the same thing with Sherrod. Sherrod is able to do the drug stuff, but then when he has to put it to the business, he's not able to do it. You guys. Are you are you so got, you gotta write this? I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm very sorry. I'm so sorry. not really dig into the I'm complexity so of this story. Because I'm there's so, so sorry. many things about Bubbles' experience that if we had time, you can draw lines from his experience to the things that the politicians are experiencing, to the things that the police officers are experiencing. Which we did not it even get into people, politics. It is people stuck <laughs> in their vices. That's what this show is about. People stuck in vices, people fighting for power. Janai, Janai, Janai. I know, I know. Listen, everybody, sometimes I got a real. Janai, Circling I, I it can't. back. And so. <laughs> and so. 
here's how that storyline <laughs> here's how that storyline wraps bubbles, i don't want it to wrap bubbles and mm. bubbles and sherrod they had um been estranged for a period of time in the show over the course of the season they had made their way back to each other once again you know bubbles was mentoring him and bubbles had been going to now now listen for the last several seasons bubbles has been faithful to the police when they have needed him he has shown up he has been the most reliable informant that they have had okay and he went to them for help and but unfortunately he was directed to the dumbest of them all as Brittany. the worst the police the officer, oh, because, of, because of a set of circumstances, it ended up being Herc, a.k.a. the absolute worst that was supposed to The most to help selfish, him. just whatever. And, and frankly, what we're talking about here is 10 minutes of Herc's time, maybe 15, to go and maybe. intervene on Bubbles' behalf to stop the jerk from robbing him. And to protect Bubbles and Sherrod from this jerk. That's all Herc had to do. Herc didn't keep that promise. And so, and because Herc kept letting Bubbles down, Bubbles didn't give up immediately. He kept waiting for the police to show up and return the favor. Herc kept letting him down. So, so, so Bubbles comes up with his own plan. And, you know, any plan that a bunch of drug addicts get together and come up with is probably not going to be top notch. But... Bubbles comes up with a plan with his colleagues <laughs> and the plan is to essentially sell um, poison to the drug dealer jerk that would kill him. And so we're not, we're not, we're not selling. Sell, but he, he would he'll steal have it, it from on him. him. So when, yeah, what Brittany said, he'll, he'll steal, steal it from, it from him. him. Mm -hmm. He would steal it from, he would have him on. And so Bubbles, he laced, he, he, he got, he, I, what was the poison? I can't remember what it was. It, it was, was, it was some, some type of I didn't write it down. It, it doesn't matter. But, but he, anyway, he yeah. so he got the poison. He had it on him and he was waiting to get mugged. It didn't happen for whatever reason that night. He goes to sleep. Sherrod, this young man, this young man that has, has, is so desperate for family, so desperate for structure that he befriended a homeless drug addict and clung on to him for dear life does some of the drugs overnight and essentially dies. Dies. And so Bubbles mm. is, he knows what's happened. He Ugh. has, he has it accidentally killed Sherrod. Killed Sherrod. And it's so unfortunate because he killed Sherrod with the plan that he concocted to protect Sherrod. Killed him. Oh, God. And so mm. now we see Bubbles in Ugh. And he is saying, I have killed a man. He's dead. He tells the whole story, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. And he is so, I mean, I don't even think heartbroken is going to sum it up. Nope. He, he is so rocked with guilt. So rocked with guilt over what has happened. He is so confused. It's like, how could the world fail him in this way? That he is completely hopeless. He tries to commit suicide. Mm -hmm. He tries to take his life because Bubbles, who has been able to find a glimmer of hope to keep living through all of these really difficult circumstances, taking a man's life, it accidentally, it, it, it stole Bubbles from us. So at the end of the episode, he, at the end of the season, Bubbles is still alive. 
Um, you know, he is absolutely, I mean, mentally, I think he's gone. He's gone. He's gone. But, but because he has been a faithful informant to the police, they do end up basically kind of letting him off the hook for the murder of Sherrod. But he'll never be off the hook, folks. He's got never. to live with that. He's got to live oh. with that. And I'm going to tell you, if there's one person that I want to see get adopted by someone, like I was so happy when, when, when Naaman got adopted by Bunny, by, by a retired Colvin. I just need someone to go and get Bubbles and take him away, get him into rehab and give him a job. And he will be, a, he will live out. It will be amazing. We're oh out of God. time. We're so out of time. So we have anyway, so much so, we didn't cover. So, so look, what, what we'll say is that um, obviously, well, let's, let's vote first. Let's vote. There's so much. So, so I mean, much. obviously. We didn't talk about the politicians. I mean, we didn't I, get into that. Look, 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 this, 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 this whole po- Corruption, this, I say. This podcast okay. is, has been a, uh, enjoyable learning process for all of us and trying to tackle this whole season it, it, for me in particular in one hour is just it's just impossible it's not so so, so, it's so it was what i'll idea. say is this is my favorite season and i would just so obviously it gets a ring for me and i'm just telling you that um if you know I'm definitely obviously recommending all series. I recommend it to my sisters, but this one in particular, when you're watching season four, put your phone down, get focused because it is an amazing season. So it definitely gets my ring. Yeah, it definitely gets my ring too. It definitely gets my ring. I mean, I, I, when I watched seasons two and three, I said that I didn't feel that those seasons would have been able to stand alone without season one. Mm-hmm. I believe that season four could have been a, a standalone. If we started the wire with season four, I, I still agree. would I still would have been hooked to the very end. I agree. I agree. Because of how well written, well portrayed, the amount of complexity. I mean, these characters, they sit with you. They sit with you. You ask them to leave they and they won't leave because they they're won't, sitting they with won't you. They won't leave. They're right here. Bubbles right They're right here. Bubbles and, right here. Um, and so, sitting yeah, off camera. Bubbles were quiet. <laughs> <laughs> and so they, it definitely gets my ring. I so good. Ran, I took in Randy. Randy's there? I, adopt, I adopted him. I'm glad. I'm so glad. That's it. It's a, it's a weight off my mind. <laughs> oh. It's a weight off Put my mind. Put that boy in a business class. Okay, good, 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 good. good. <laughs> I will definitely, oh. without a shadow of a doubt, give season four my ring. Um, it was just really amazing how they took you into the characters and you found yourself as you have the whole, all three seasons, including now all four, uh, but being, seeing these young boys, seeing these little boys, it just really took you to a different place because you feel helpless. Yeah feel helpless and you wonder what the one fix all prop the one fix all thing the one size fits all situation and you would think it would be get to the politics make sure the money is there get to the teachers make sure that they're teaching 
Okay, get into the communities. Make sure that this is happening. It's all so broken. It's all there, but it's all for some reason not enough. Mm-hmm. And there's so it's so intricate as to why it is not enough. Mm-hmm. There's so many selfish motives that are outweighing community lives, the co- community forward movement. Mm. Um, so it definitely gets gets a, a ring from me. And and I, I want to say two things really quickly. The first um, is that our family, the three of us, we have been all in different ways uh, studying the law of attraction over years, over years coming back to it. And the thing about the law of attraction, it is, it is, it is a universal truth, mm-hmm. but it only works when you can conceptualize something different. And these, the people that are in these circumstances, I mean, the, uh, they, the options that they can conceptualize are just too few. And so even, even in manifesting the best version of reality that they could probably conceptualize, it's not going to necessarily be what you or I might conceptualize having if, we, if you've had a different circumstance. So I just wanted to name that. The second thing I wanted to say is I meant to say at the top, I wore my Wakanda shirt um, today in honor of Chadwick Bozeman. Mm-hmm. We have to name, we are recording this podcast just days after he passed away Chadwick Bozeman um, born November 29th 1976 passed away August 28th 2020 um, an American actor My birthday an American actor um, uh, you know we both went to Howard University um, and uh, we actually had some overlap there and um, you know he passed away of, of cancer and and this is after a career of playing, um, of, of basically telling the story, some of the most important stories that have been told in Black cinema in a very long time. Okay, I mean, we are talking about the story of Jackie Robinson. We are talking about um, playing James Brown and Get On Up. We're talking about, um, you know... Do I even need to say it? Black, the Black, Black Panther. Um, and so we have lost a great. We have lost a great. And if we had more time, I would read. There's a poem that comes to mind. It's a, it's a Maya Angelou poem. I recommend everyone look it up. It is called When Great Trees Fall. Mm-hmm. And it is just about what happens when there's a loss that is so great. It, 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 it resonates forever. It resonates forever. So we do want to say rest in peace, chat with Rest in peace. And sending strength and love and support to his family and his loved ones. We honor you, Chadwick. We honor you. We do. Absolutely. We honor you. So that's the right perspective. Our next episode will be, um, we are going to be, (laughs) listen, I'm going to go. You're almost done. Finally. You're almost done. Finally, we're going to finish up. the Wire. So season five of The Wire, that episode will be released on Saturday, September 19th. This one that we're recording now will be up on Saturday the 5th. And then the next one will be out, um, uh, recorded um, and posted by September 19th. Because uh, we'll be going live on the 13th. Mm-hmm. No. So- well, I... 
We have to figure out logistics. Yeah, yeah, we got, we got, yeah, we got. Okay. But it will definitely be on all platforms, regardless of when it's recorded, on Saturday the 19th. That's it. You all, thank you so much for watching. And thank you for being with us right now as we're finding our rhythm, we're finding our voice, and frankly, just having some fun. So thank you for being with us.